Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to morning prayers. We will begin today's service with the standing responsive reading of Psalm 10 on page 5 in the Black Appleton Psalter. Why do you stand so far off, O God, and hide yourself in time of trouble? The wicked boast of their heart's desire, the covetous curse and revile God. Their ways are devious at all times. Your judgments are far above out of their sight. They defy all their enemies. They say in their hearts, Arise, O Lord, punish the wicked, O God. Do not ignore the helpless. Rise up, O Holy One. Lift up your hands, O God. Do not forget the afflicted. Why should the wicked revile God? Why should they say in their heart, You do not care? Surely
an excerpt of a homily by the 4th century Archbishop of Constantinople, John Chrysostom, upon hearing of the complaints people had with the influx of indigent migrants. They say that these are fugitives, foreigners, and wretches, that they've left their homeland in order to gather in our city. So tell me, is this why you're distressed and want to destroy the glory of our city because everybody considers it their own haven? There was once a famine, and the citizens of this town sent a great deal of money to the residents of Jerusalem. So how will we be worthy of forgiveness? What kind of defense can we offer when, through their financial assistance, our forebears fed people living far away and made haste to help them, whereas we today want to expel those who've come from afar and we demand detailed explanations from them, especially when we know that we're responsible for a whole host of evils. Let's just remember that when God judges us as we do them, we won't be shown any forgiveness or mercy, because it was said, as you judge others, so will you ju be judged. Good morning. In the media, we hear plenty about DACA, about TPS workers, about undocumented migrants, or worse yet, about so-called illegals. But in all this discourse, what is so often forgotten is that we're dealing with persons with human bodies, bodies with stories, relationships, bodies with families and communities, bodies with dreams. As my Roman Catholic tradition teaches, deportation is an intrinsically evil act, not only because it is an affront to inherent human dignity, but also because it destroys families, communities, and futures. I myself exist today only because someone perceived and protected the inherent human dignity of my father, an originally undocumented immigrant. My father's birthday was just about two weeks ago, and were Emery alive today, he'd be 90 years old. He died nearly 14 years ago, but not before living a life that millions today continue to live. You see, my father was a young, and after losing his biological and foster parents as a teenage boy during the Second World War, he was displaced for years. He suffered merciless months in German work camps, several attempts at escape that resulted in the cold, metallic barrel of a pistol to his trembling head. He survived refugee and displaced person camps. On April 4th, 1945, the same month and day of my future birth, the American army freed him from a German war camp. There's no way this 17-year-old displaced child refugee knew he'd be having his third child in a Waterloo, Iowa hospital 38 years later. He traveled with the American army, and as he tells it, he left the Hungarian border hanging from an American tank. Having, having befriended the American soldiers, he made his way to Gießen, Germany. Their family welcomed him into their home, and he ran errands for the American army. Whenever he would visit my schools growing up to share with my classmates his experience of <clears throat> share my, his experience of World War II and its aftermath, it must have been the benevolent reception of the German people in Gießen that permitted him to proclaim unequivocally, the Germans are wonderful people. Despite what he suffered under German occupation years before, 
that and a kind of forgiving heart, I'm sure. From Germany, he made his way to northern Belgium, where his slim, short body made him an excellent coal miner. He formed international friendships with many who were dreaming to come to America, all, all either poor, persecuted, or both. So where the American mind, he stowed away on a boat heading here from La Rochelle, France. My father was an undocumented migrant, as some today like to call him, an illegal. He hid in the coal bunker of a boat, of the boat, perhaps accustomed to the smell and the tight dark spaces. But once the boat docked in New York, his cover was blown when a boy opened the door to the bunker and shouted in terror at my dad's, my dad's bright blue eyes beaming out from the pitch black pile of coal. The captain was immediately summoned. My dad was caught, so close to setting foot on American soil, dreams of a better life shattered. But the captain had pity, I presume, saw my dad's human dignity, and told him to return to Europe so that he may be sponsored with documents. My father, now sponsored by a union in Philadelphia with the help of the captain, arrived in 1951 from Bremerhaven, Germany, and eventually found his way to Waterloo, Iowa. He himself taught English to Hungarian refugees coming to Waterloo in 1957. He committed himself to welcoming international students to live with host families up and down the Midwest, and in 1967 founded his own organization, International Student Exchange of Iowa. Eventually met my mother, and together for more than 30 years, they welcomed exchange students from Latin and South America, from Europe, Asia, and even ex-Soviet nations. This is a story of an originally undocumented migrant who suffered war, imprisonment, and hard labor, who was poor and a foreigner, who was nevertheless welcomed instead of rejected, provided for instead of deported, and who committed himself to welcoming and caring for others. His is the story of undocumented migrants, of so-called illegals, of refugees and asylum seekers today. His story is the story of many TPS workers at Harvard University, Cambridge, Somerville, the rest of the US. His is the story of many parents of DACA recipients, our students at Harvard and elsewhere. To defend migrants, documented or not, is to protect the inherent human dignity of all, especially when we know that US foreign policy is responsible for a whole host of evils driving migrants to our land in search of safety and stability. We should not need my dad's story or others to make this self-evident case. But narratives like this, I think, remind us that the dignity and vulnerability of human bodies are the ultimate objects of immaterial, impersonal laws. And so human bodies should never function as political bargaining chips. Let us pray. Loving and gracious God, refuge of people on the move. Grant migrants, refugees, and asylum seekers protection and comfort. Help us to recognize your presence in every human person and to assist those who are forced to move from their homelands and seek economic and physical survival elsewhere. May their innate dignity be recognized, as my dad's was by the ship captain who had mercy on him. May your wisdom provide us with the words to educate ourselves and others to the underlying causes of migration that we may not only directly serve, but also work for systemic global change. Amen. Please join me in saying the Lord's Prayer, which can be found on the back of your order of worship. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. 
Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. As you are able, please stand for the singing of the hymn, O Gladsome Light, O Grace, hymn number 50. May the Lord bless you and keep you. And on this day, may we remember that God cho cho chooses the historical moment to implant us in this world. And may we use that privilege to do justice and seek mercy.